So we do have Independence Day tomorrow, and y'all know me, I refuse to call it the 4th of July. It is Independence Day. So uh, what I'm going to do today is uh, I want to get you guys, if you will, we're going to stand for just a minute. We're going to do the Pledge of Allegiance, even though we've done it all week, uh, so it should be fresh in everybody's mind. But I'll get you guys to stand. We're going to do the Pledge of Allegiance before we get into uh, into the, the sermon today. So over here's the flag on the right-hand side, if you will, just follow along with me. Attention, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank y'all. And Cindy, you don't have to play. Uh, We're not in 1 Peter anymore. I hate to break your heart, but we are going to be in Galatians chapter 5 today, and we're going to look at liberty. Um, man, liberty. I, I had uh, I'd wrote down the definition for liberty, but then I forgot to bring it with me, so I'm going to read it for you. The definition for liberty is the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's way of life, behavior, or political views. The state of being free. That's what liberty is. And I thank God that we have liberty. I thank God that we have liberty here in America. I thank God that we have liberty in our churches. As Keith mentioned this morning, if it wasn't for freedom, if it wasn't for that liberty, we wouldn't be in this church right now. Chestnutdale probably wouldn't exist. If it wasn't for the men and women that stood and defended this country the way that they did, we may not be here right now. And I want to tell you a little something about China. China is a, a wicked, wicked country. China, they're probably listening right now along with the Russians, but they're probably, probably one of the worst countries that there is when it comes to uh, the lack of religion and the way that the, the government rules over their people. There was a preacher, bivocational preacher, and he had the opportunity with his job to go to China several years ago. And as he went, uh, some of the Gideons found out about it, and they said, hey, if you don't mind, can you please take... Uh, 10 or 12 of these uh, these Bibles, they are translated, half Chinese, half uh, English. Can you take them with you? And he said, absolutely, I'd love to take them with me. And he said, I'll give them out the best that I can. He said, if nothing else, I'll leave them in the hotel room if I stay in a hotel. And so the guy got on the airplane, and then when he landed over in China, over in, uh, in Beijing, he got off, and of course his bags went through customs. They never batted an eye. They seen his Bibles, but they didn't say a word. They let him have his Bibles. So he's able to go in and, and hand some Bibles out while he's in China. But he's meeting up with an individual in China that his company that he worked for had partnered with and was going to uh, allow him to take a tour of certain parts of China that Westerners never go to. And so as they're going through, the guy says, uh, the preacher, the friend that the, the preacher's staying with says, uh, you're going to stay with us for the next three days. He said, you're going to stay at my house. And the guy was excited. So, again, they're in a part of China that most Westerners do not go to. And as they're going to this individual's apartment, they go down this little narrow alleyway for a few hundred yards. And as they're doing it, they're having to step over trash and, and dead carcasses from rodents and things that are there. And the smell is awful. And so they finally get to the guy's apartment. When they get upstairs, the apartment is not much better than the alleyway that they went through. He goes upstairs, and it's, uh, it's two rooms connected by a hallway. you got a front room, back room, got a hallway, and then the bathroom is in the hallway. And a couple curtain rods on the left-hand side that they could hang their clothes on. Uh, so it's very small, very small apartment. Uh, not ventilated well. 
and and so they have their time and they're discussing their business and the guy stays there with them uh, for for a few days and uh, one of the things that he noticed while he was there is the fact that the toilet wasn't a toilet that you could flush the toilet just had a bowl and it had a bucket of water so after you use the restroom you had to pour water in it to get rid of uh, whatever it is and and let it go down the drain and so looking at their conditions not just the, the, the person that he was staying with, but looking at the neighbor's conditions, they felt, or he felt like they were slaves. They were slaves to the government. They were slaves to the things that were going on in that area. And this preacher felt, he felt, he felt sorry for him, but he actually felt blessed on top of that because he knew where he had came from here in America to there in China where they were oppressed. There was no liberty the Chinese man told the preacher that um, in their way of thinking, no one exists or matters except immediate family. That was the way they thought. So once you got past the grandparents, you got the grandparents, the parents, and the kids. After that, there, it didn't matter. There were no cousins. You didn't take care of the cousins. And then here's the sad part, and I'm going to move on into the message after this. sad part is this. Babies were being kidnapped and are being kidnapped in China right now. And they're being taken back, and they're having their limbs broken backwards to, to where it looks like they are disfigured. And they take them babies, and they set them out in the roadway on a blanket, and they call it sympathy donations. So they're making money off these babies in China right now because they're, dis, they're uh, disfigured and deformed. That's the type of government, and that's the type of country that you see in China. He said this nation has no soul. And he's seen a country and a people that the government has crushed, absolutely crushed spiritually to the point where they had the compassion of an animal. I thank God that we are one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> liberty and justice for all. We are a blessed nation. We're a blessed church. We're blessed, folks. There's a total lack of liberty in China. And as, as governments around the world try their best to, to, to rid the societies of religion, we've heard what the final destination could look like for some of them. They could look just like China. And there's others. So we've got to stand strong in our faith. We've got to stand strong in what we believe on. We've got to stand strong on the Word of God. And we've got to continue to lift up the Word of God and to preach boldly and to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. We have to stand up for those that stand against what we believe in. And we're going to have to fight. Unfortunately, we're going to have to fight tooth and nail. But we're going to have to fight. We have to fight to ensure we never arrive in the place where China is today. I know I've told you all this. When I was in Scotland, there's 5.3 million people in Scotland, and only 0.3 of those 5.3 million are Christians. Scotland used to be called the land of the book. That's where our King James Version came from, Scotland. But now it's a thing of the past. And they say we're 20 to 30 years behind Scotland here in America. So we're not far off. If we don't keep it up, if we don't keep preaching the gospel, we're going to be just like them.
It was sad to go into all these beautiful gothic churches, beautiful buildings, and you go in thinking it's usually going to see a pulpit and altar and, and all that stuff, and you walk in and they're selling you a cup of coffee and a T-shirt because the churches don't exist anymore. They turn into a tourist trap. So we've got to stand boldly. I think I hear rain. Do I hear rain? That's a beautiful sound right now. You're going to have what? <laughs> a parade? <laughs> we might. If you've got your Bibles, turn over to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Galatians 5, 1. One little verse. Stand with me. One more time. Make you do your exercises. Get your squats in today. Galatians 5, 1. The Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Let's pray. Father, this morning as uh, we have been able to uh, make it through this Bible school, Lord, with your word being proclaimed and with your son Jesus being glorified, we thank you for that. Thank you for those, those children that were here, Lord, that were able to hear the gospel. And Lord, I pray that seeds were planted this week, not just through what was said here inside the church walls, but Lord, what was done outside the church walls, the love that was felt uh, from the individuals that helped, Lord, from whether it be crafts or food or just a conversation that we had with them. God, I pray that we were able to bless and to, to be a help to these children. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would bless this church greatly for what was done and said. And Father, today as uh, we look upon this Independence Day that's uh, before us, Lord, I pray that we not forget our liberties. Lord, I, I pray we not forget uh, the freedom that we have. Lord, we know this freedom was not free. It cost. It cost many lives. And Lord, I pray we not forget that. But Lord, we thank you for our forefathers and for not just their stance that they took uh, to, to, to build this great country, to form this great country, but Lord, for building this country on the Word of God. Lord, it wasn't taken lightly. Lord, there was a lot of prayer went into those documents that they wrote. But Lord, it just pleases my heart to know that this country was formed on your word and is built and continues to be built on your word. And I pray, Lord, we not, we not uh, disgrace your word. And Lord, I pray that you're not ashamed of what we're doing and trying to do here in the churches for you. Lord, I pray that you be with us today as we go through this message. Lord, I pray that you bless our hearts. And bless our time together. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. All right. Stand fast. Stand fast. Now, that's not something that we use a lot. It's a nautical term. It's not really something that we would use here on dry land. And the word stand fast means don't move. Stand fast, don't move. I don't know why they don't use it on land, but anyway, so it's the Navy uses it a lot. I know that. Stand fast. So Paul's saying right here, don't move from the liberty or freedom we have in Jesus. Amen. Stay firm, steadfast, grounded, anchored, whatever you want to call it. But he's telling us, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. He has made us free. I think it's funny if you if you... If you know anybody that's not a believer, if you, don't, if you know somebody that's not a Christian, it's funny that they think that the idea of Christianity, or what they think the idea of Christianity is. They think that we're something else. They think that we're all prisoners of some strict code of conduct. We ain't a cult. I think that's what a lot of people think. Christianity is a cult, but it's not. There's no strict code of conduct. We have rules to follow. 
There's things that have been written for us right here in the Bible that we follow, but it ain't like a cult or anything like that. Paul says that Jesus has made us free. So they're wrong. Those people that think this is a type of cult, they're wrong because we're free. We're free individuals. We're free from the long-term consequences of sin. We no longer have to fear physical death. It don't scare me. The older I get and the closer I get to it, it just don't scare me. Younger, I was, t- I was terrified. I didn't want to go. I was going to miss a lot of things in life. Not now. I'm all right with it. I'm not scared of physical death because Jesus has paid our sin debt, and the, the spiritual death is no longer a threat to any of us. If you have been saved, you should not be worried. You should not be worried about it, about where we're going, about going to heaven. We're free from the power of sin. The power of sin, of course, is death, but through Jesus, death is swallowed up in victory. He did that for us on the cross. He did that for us in the grave. He did that for us when he was resurrected. He took care of that for us. We're free from the power of sin in our life. There's freedom there. Jesus has forgiven us, and he's made a way for us to escape the temptation of sin. He's made a way. He made a way. We did not make a way. Because of us, he went to the cross. Because of his love for us, he died for us. So he made a way for us to be forgiven of our sins. He made a way for us to be pardoned. He made a way for us to spend eternity with him in heaven. He made the way. Ain't a thing we done, but He made the way. We're free from guilt. Now, this is a tough one, but we're free from guilt because Jesus has washed us clean. Each and every one of us, He's washed clean by by grace. And through faith, He has washed us clean. We are not guilty. Remember, we we talk about that little phrase, that word that He used whenever He said it is finished. Remember, it's translated, and it's, it's tetelestia, and it's a big stamp. It's a word they used back then. That they would put that big stamp on a receipt, and it says paid in full. That's what that means. So he's put a big old stamp right beside my name. He written my name down in blood in the Lamb's Book of Life, and it's like he put a big old stamp on it, and he says paid in full, taken care of. Don't worry about this. Blesses your heart. Blesses your heart when somebody pays it forward like that. My old high school principal Friday bought my lunch. Mr. Trexler, old Tom T. He bought my lunch. Actually, bought everybody's lunch, from what I understood. Went through Wendy's, and he's in front of Maria. Maria was nice and let him pull through in front of her, and, and then he broke the bank buying our lunch. But it's nice when somebody pays, pays it forward for you. I'll let Maria do that the next time. <laughs> I'm not going to pay that one. <laughs> she can pay it. But it's nice when somebody does something nice for you like that. It's it's nice to know that somebody cares for you and is willing to pay a a price, a penalty, pay a fee, pay an amount for you to make you happy, to to, to feed you, to take care of you. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He paid in full through his blood, not through our blood, not through a lamb, a little animal lamb blood, not through calf blood. Not through any burnt offerings. Not through any money that was given to the temple. It was through His blood on that cross that He paid the penalty of our sins. And so we're free from guilt because of that. Many Christians walk through 
life, though, with unnecessary guilt. Why? Why would you have that guilt on you? You should not have any guilt on you because of what he's done for us. But it's because they don't fully understand what God has done. And I don't know that I can fully grasp in my little pea brain mind what all he has done for me. This side of heaven, I'll probably never be able to fathom the amount of love that he has poured into me, the amount of grace that he has poured into me, the amount of mercy that he has bestowed upon me. I can't comprehend it, but I do know that we shouldn't be guilty and feel guilty for what he done for us. We should not be guilty Christians. I think that's probably oxymoron right there. Jesus has set us free, and he declared that that each one of us are not guilty. He told us that we're not guilty, and there's a reason for us to have that great joy because we don't have to deal with the guilt. We don't have to feel guilty for anything. He has paid the price for each one of us, and we need to realize our sin and then realize what God did for us. Realize your sin, each, every one of them. Each one of us has sinned. There's more than one sin. But we need to realize those sins and then realize what he's done for us. And when we realize what he's done for us, when we realize the amount of, of, of pain and agony and suffering, but the, also the amount of love that he gave us, when we realize that, there should not be a, an ounce of guilt left in our body. There should be no guilt whatsoever. We need to focus and constantly praise and constantly thank God. Not be in a constant state of guilt, but in a constant state of praise when it comes to God. Always praising Him and thanking Him. Focus on what He's done for us. Not what we've done, because we ain't done squat, but we need to, th- to focus on what He has done. That's why I like having this cross up here. Because I ain't the prettiest thing to look at. So you can just look right over my little bald head and you can see that cross. And it's just a reminder of what He's done for us. It's just a constant reminder. Anywhere you go, it's a constant reminder of what he has done for us. Focus on God and what he's done because we are no longer guilty. We are free to live our lives and live our lives for Jesus. Once we're saved, we can't just keep living our lives. We've got to change and shift gears and start living our lives for Jesus. And when we're dead in our sins, we cannot live for God. Remember that. And when you're dead in your sins, before you're saved... You cannot live for God. You're living for yourself. You're living for the devil. You're living for the world. But when you're saved, then you start living for Jesus and doing more for him. Because that redeeming work of the blood of Jesus, we are now alive and free in him. I can't preach through my own holiness. Don't happen that way. I can preach but it's through his righteousness. You can go out and you can witness and you can testify, but it's not in your own righteousness that you do that. It is through his righteousness that you are able to go out and to witness and to testify. It's through him that you're able to do that. Each of us can witness and testify, but it's because of him that we can do that. Because he made us alive, we can now live for him. He's made a He's done something for us. Paul tells us that. He's made us a new creature. Each one of us, when we're saved, we become a new creature. Old things have passed away. 
And I'm so thankful, so thankful that he didn't allow us to carry the past with us. I'm so thankful that he did not allow the, the past sins and the past life that we lived to, to carry over into this new life that we're living. He said, it's, it's gone. Just leave it back there. Let the past be the past. Let it be behind you and don't bring it with you. Don't allow those burdens to follow you. Don't let the sins of your past life follow you around, drag you down. Think about Saul who went to Paul. Think about the, the life that Saul had. Not a good one. Not the best reputation in the world. But look at what God done with him. Look at what happened to him on that road to Damascus. That bright, shining light knocked him down. Closed his eyes, covered his eyes to that past. And when he opened his eyes, he was focused on God from there on out. That's the way I look at salvation. We bow our heads or we pray and we ask Jesus into our heart. We close our eyes. And once we close our eyes, we're closing it for the last time to that old world that we lived in, that old sinful past. We have closed our eyes and we have shut it out. And when we open our eyes, we have new eyes. We have a new vision. We have a new goal, a new focus, a new aim in life. We are looking at Jesus and we're focused on him from there on out. But we've got to open our eyes to see him. There are too many Christians, though, that are prisoners to their past. That's the... that's what we get hung up on. We keep thinking about how bad it was, how bad a person I was, the bad things that I've done in this life. It was terrible what I've done, and it just keeps bringing it up. The Bible's clear. It says old things are of this life have passed away. Behold, all things are new. When the Bible tells you something's gone, it's gone. When the Bible plainly tells you that your old ways, your old past, your old lifestyle, the old sins, your old habits, your all that old life that you have, when it tells you that it has gone away through salvation, then it has gone away through salvation. And you are not to pick it back up. You're not to bring it back with you. You are to leave it at the foot of the cross. Leave it with Jesus. Like we talked last week, put it in a box, put it in a bag, and you give it to Jesus and let him take it on. But you've got to let him take it on. I read this, and I like this. It says, the prostitute, the pimp, and the pusher are all made new again. <laughs> the prostitute, the pimp, and the pusher are all made new again. The pusher is a drug pusher is what that means. Those people can be a new creature too. No matter what your past is, no matter what your past sin, your past life, whatever it is, no matter what it is, he says, you can be made new again. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are new. There's no sin that can't be washed away. There's no sin that cannot be forgiven by the blood of Jesus. There's not one. Use your past to give glory to God for grace and mercy. And I, if you've ever, I don't know, Nat may have, Jerry might have heard these people that had gone into jail, went into prison, and got saved while they were in prison and come back out, and the testimony that they can give is amazing. When they get down, and they are completely broken inside that jail, and they find Jesus, and they turn their life around, and they come back out, they're a new creature. There is no past sin that is too bad to be forgiven. Even though we think that, 
Our minds can't comprehend how loving a God can be because so many of us have had to deal with it in our lives where we might have had a parent or a family member that wrote us off. They said, they're too bad. I don't want nothing to do with them. Be gone with them. And so that's what we're used to. We're used to earthly family, earthly people that have wrote us off. We're not used to a loving God that will love us endlessly and forgive us for our sins. We're not used to that. And so in our little minds, we think we can't be forgiven. But the Bible plainly tells us we will be forgiven if we just ask from it. Use your past to give God the glory. Use your past to, to praise Him and show the world through your testimony that He can save a wretched soul like me. I'm but a filthy rag, but He still washed me and made me clean. Tell him about his grace, about his mercy. But don't you dare, don't you dare let it hold you back. Don't let your past hold you back. Don't let your past make you a prisoner again. Let it go. Now, we're free from bondage, too. The Bible says that we were slaves to sin and bondage to sin, but we have been made free. Free. Don't cost nothing. Free is my favorite number if I've never told you that. I like free, but we've been set free, and we've been made free. It don't cost us a dime to be set free, but what were we bondage to? Now, again, I don't like to talk about the past or think about the past very often, and all of our pasts are completely different. Every single one of us, none of us have the same past whatsoever, but if you think about what you, what you was tied to before salvation— it was things like, you know, we had an appetite for things like drugs and, and alcohol and unhealthy relationships. We had a need for power and, and prestige and, and status. That's what we were tied to. We had this, this constant pursuit of money and wealth. That's what we wanted before salvation. We were more concerned about what others think than what God thinks. That was us. Before salvation, we were tied to that. that. That's that bondage we were talking about. We were tied to those things, those earthly, worldly, sinful things, because all those things were put before God. Every one of those things is something that we made a God ourselves. We set it up on this, this podium above God, and that's what we worshiped until we actually found Jesus. And then we knocked those things over. And put him first and foremost. Made him the one that we watch. But we can also be in bondage to religions too. We can be in bondage to rituals. We can be in bondage to works. Believe it or not. Going to church, good works, and, and being a devout Christian will not save you. Being devout to the church does not save you. Being a Christian, saying that you're a Christian, does not save you. We know that what the Bible tells us about that. It's that relationship that we've got to have with Jesus. There are many people today in bondage to religion. Uh, a few of them that I was looking up this week, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, all in bondage. But a lot of so-called Christians are too. Only a personal relationship with Jesus will set them free. Those Buddhists and the Hindus and the Muslims, 
they need that relationship with Jesus. They have a God, or many gods, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus. And once they do, they'll be released from that bondage of their religions. And it's awful. The things that are being worshipped out there now, and the, 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 just the things in general that people have started to worship, it's scary. They have taken away... They've taken away the opportunity to have a real relationship with a real God, and they're missing the mark, and they're missing the opportunity to experience and feel love. Paul warns us not to become entangled again with these things that put us into that bondage. He's telling us you've got to stay away from the things of the past. And this goes right along with our Sunday school lesson about being tempted about going back to our old ways. And we mainly was talking about drinking this morning. We stay, we stay away from it. Don't let it be a stumbling block. It could make you go back to your old ways if that was something that you overcome. Stay away from that. Don't go into the bars. Don't go into the restaurants that are serving alcohol or whatever. Be careful with that. It'll, be a, it'll become a stumbling block with you. Don't let it entangle you again. Now, most of the time, you get wrapped up when you aren't looking. So a lot of times, we'll be bopping down through life, and everything's all good, and it's sunshine and roses, and we're having a good old time, and then we get blindsided by the devil. We get hit hard by the devil. There, uh, the, one of my commentaries called it a gateway attitude. He said there are gateway attitudes or sins that can blind us and cause us to fall back or, or backslide. There are things that the devil will use to make us slip back into our old ways. And so we got to be careful. We have to watch out. A few of those were hate, jealousy, envy, lust, and pride. And they all work to blind us just long enough for the devil to catch us. I'm going to read that again because it says, Hate, jealousy, envy, lust, and pride. The devil loves to use those. You know pride's the number one tool in the devil's toolbox. He loves to use pride, and that's he's going to use it. And then we're going to get caught off guard, and he's going to snag us, and we're going to backslide some. How's your liberty? How is your liberty? How is your freedom this morning? And you can look at it either way. I don't care. You can look at it as a, patriotic or you can look at it as spiritual but how is your liberty how's your freedom this morning pretty good all right i love being able to to leave church and say man i had great liberty today lord granted me liberty today i love being able to say that he does it he done it today great liberty i was free to preach that's what that means i wasn't bound down by the devil, didn't have things that were in my mind that sidetracked me. Probably because I didn't talk to anybody before church. <laughs> Travis, I, and that didn't, that didn't affect me any. But that's the way it is. The devil will actually use y'all to try to sidetrack me and take away liberty from behind the pulpit. Hard to believe, ain't it? The devil would use a church member to take away from the preacher. But he'll do it. He'll use anything. He'll use anything. 
Bible says that if you are free in Christ, you are free indeed. That's liberty. You are free. Are you enjoying that freedom that God intended for your life? Are you free from the power of sin? Have you been released from that power of sin? Man, sin will get you. It's a powerful thing. It'll get you. But you can be released from the power of sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can be let free, let go. You can be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit if you just allow him to do it, to do so. Are you free from the past? Are you free from the bondage of the past? Don't bring it up. If your past was that bad, let it go. Just let it go. Don't bring that mess up. It will haunt you. It will make your life miserable. It will make your family's life miserable. If you keep wallowing in the past, don't bring it up. Just let it go. Wherever you're tangled up in today, right here and now, Jesus plainly tells us that he can set you free. And he will set you free. Whatever your bondage is, whatever your sin is, whatever's going on in your life right now, he will set you free. Not free for a little while, not free for a few minutes or a few months or a few years, but he will completely set you free from it. Totally set you free from it. Give it to him. Give it to him. Stand with me. We're going to close out. Clayton's already closing us out. We are we're a blessed bunch. We're blessed church. We're blessed citizens. Not just here in America, but we're blessed citizens of heaven. Just ain't got there yet, but we're still blessed. And as we go tomorrow and we celebrate, and if y'all are in Boone, you can wave at me and Paisley. We're going to be in a parade. Driving 1971 Ford F-100. We're going to be riding around, and you think about those men and those women that have kept us free Think about our forefathers that all died. They all died. They're, they were tortured. There were some of them. It was, it was pretty rough for doing what they'd done so that we could have what we have. But you think about that tomorrow. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the American way, ain't it? I think we got it. And it's a beautiful thing. And if you never traveled much outside the U.S., it means a lot more to you when you come back home. I've seen things that I can't imagine living in. I've been places where I can't even imagine. And they call it third world countries. Some of them pretty rough. And that's one thing I love about coming home. I love American soul. I'm, I am, like the song says, I'm proud to be an American truly am let's pray father god tonight or this evening is that we close out god again we thank you for the freedoms that we have thank you for the freedom that you have given us to worship where we are right now thank you for the freedoms that you've given us uh, lord to be released from that bondage that is bogging so many down but lord i thank you so much for allowing me lord to give you all mine to lay it at your feet to give you all my past present and future burdens and sins
Lord, I can't, I can't handle it. I can't deal it up with it on my own. But God, I'm so thankful that you would take that on yourself and you would carry it for me. And I thank you for a church as well that would be willing to help me carry the heavy load. And Father, today as uh, we close out this service and we go on our way, and I pray, God, that you keep us all safe. It's a, it can be a rough holiday weekend. It can be a rough holiday. And Lord, I pray that you would just keep us all safe in all that we do. Lord, just to allow us to have time with our family. Lord, to fellowship. But Lord, just to reflect as well on the freedoms that we have here in America. And I pray, God, that uh, we would continue to pray and lift up the, those that serve and protect us. And Lord, as uh, Timothy or as Paul tells us over in Timothy, to, that we are to pray for those in authority. So, Lord, we lift up those that, that lead this country, that lead this state, and lead this county. Lord, we lift them up to you. And, Lord, we pray that you would just continue to, to work in their hearts, clear their, their eyes, and allow them to focus. Lord, to focus on you and make decisions that are based on your word. Lord, and we will give you praise, honor, and glory for that. Be with us as we leave here. Keep us safe. Bring us back here at the next appointed time. I'll listen to your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll see y'all, I guess, Wednesday. <laughs>